Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's Focus. And our special guest today is one of our repeat offenders. We love having her. Sherry McKinney, the communications director with the American Red Cross. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. I know it's especially a big deal for you to come by because the American Red Cross is so, so busy. It has been a year, has it not? Yeah, it's been a year this past month. It's been, that, this actually, I month. think it's been 20 years in one year. I That's know. what it's been. So tell us right off the bat, what is the American Red Cross uh, involved with? Who, Where are you working? Who are you helping? Well, you know, of course, right now we are still in a dire need for blood donation. Mm-hmm. And by dire, I mean it's severe. It's historically severe for hospitals, not so much for the Red Cross, but for the hospitals that need the blood, it's a historic, severe shortage. So what we does are, that mean? <laughs> it means that we don't have enough donors coming to the center to donate. Uh, American Red Cross supplies 40% of all donor blood in the United States. Wow. 80% of that blood comes from blood drives. It's the summertime. We always have a shortage in the summertime because yep. schools are closed. And that's one of our number one drive sites are schools. Oh. And also because people travel. Well, then you mix in COVID, <laughs> post-COVID world, where people have been stuck in their homes for a year, 18 months, and haven't gone on vacation, and now they're going on vacation. And next thing you know, they're not thinking about donating blood. Mm -mm. And so the shortage is even greater than what it normally would be. So we're in a huge, severe shortage trying to get folks out to donate. All blood types are needed, oh, especially any O positive or O negative, because they can give to more different blood types Mm -hmm. and platelets platelets are desperately needed too and platelets means white blood cells you go to the red cross and they take out blood and take the platelets out and give you your blood back yes they do they it takes about two hours if you want to donate platelets which platelets are used to treat cancer patients for example Uh and you know so and all of us have had somebody with cancer. Yeah. So we can kind of relate to the need there. And also you need to understand that if you go in to donate platelets, it's not a process like whenever you go in to donate whole blood. Whole blood, you go in, twenty minutes later you're done. Platelets, you're there for about two hours. Yeah. But we do give you lots of snacks and you get to watch Netflix. Uh, (laughs) So you can get caught up on your viewing. There you you go. Have a little binge watch and maybe save somebody's life. Yeah, save a life. Absolutely. So the need for blood, the need for platelets. What about the post-COVID blood donors? Uh, Are you still in need of that? We are no longer taking uh, convalescent plasma at this time. Convalescent plasma. Right. And what what was that used for? Refresh our memory. What was that used for? That was used for um, in the early stage of treatment in hospitals to treat those who have COVID Mm -hmm. with the COVID antibodies of someone who had COVID. You mentioned during the summer that the need for blood donors rises because there are fewer. They're going out on vacation. And the fact that since we've been cooped up for so long, more people are going on vacation So the donor pool is even smaller. Yes, the donor pool is smaller. And also keep in mind, too, when people go on vacation, they're traveling, they're on the roads. We're seeing an increase in trauma cases, too. Oh, my gosh. Because of that. And so uh, between trauma cases, um, surgeries that were postponed during COVID that have been rescheduled, organ donation that was rescheduled things like that, the demand is much higher for blood products. The demand is higher and the The supply is not there. Wow. And, 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 you know, the thing is, is you've got to keep in mind, it only takes 20 minutes for whole blood. And that's the other thing that I wanted to make sure I told you, too, is when you donate whole blood, there's also that 
ability to have that plasma pulled off of the whole blood. So that's why we're not taking the convalescent plasma uh, right now is because we can pull the plasma off from whole blood. If you need it. Yes. Okay. You mentioned that it takes 20 minutes to give blood. That seems to be a lot shorter than years and years ago. How do we speed that process up? How do we make it as quick and easy as possible? And I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people remember donating blood back in the 90s, the 80s, where you had to sign up and you sat and waited and waited and waited. Technology. We have now what's called a rapid pass that you can fill out on your phone um, prior to arrival. All you have to do is download the smart app for American Red Cross Blood, and it's a free app. And you could put in all your information there, your pre-registration information. You will still go through a process with one of our phlebotomists finding out if you're eligible to donate. But it takes a lot of that whole long process out that we're, we used to remember. Yeah, because sit, sit here and do paperwork and then somebody has to look over your paperwork and then yes. blah, blah, blah. It, it's a rapid pass. Rapid pass. Yes. And we highly encourage that for people who are, are donating. So that speeds up the process, uh, signing up online or either signing up through the Smart app. The 20 minutes is all it takes to really fill a pint. It, it, it actually takes less than that, mm-hmm. about five minutes to actually fill it. All the rest is the prep or the post. Yes. It's nothing. It's nothing. And you have the ability to save possibly three lives from that one pint of blood. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you an idea of what we have going on here in Tennessee. Typically, um, you know, with normal donations and normal use of hospitals, the flow is there. But what we have right now is if we continue the shortage that we're seeing of people not coming in to donate, we are seeing as much as 2,700 pints of blood not making it to the shelf to go to the hospitals a month. 2,700 pints. Multiply that times three, the possibility of saving three lives with one pint. And that's the impact. It's pretty, it's pretty grand. So would that mean that we would start having to put surgeries off again? Yes. Yes, it would. Or that people who arrive after a car crash or some sort of a trauma might not have the blood they need and might die. It, the, the blood may not be there in time. It's, it's severe. Yeah. As a communicator, we always talk about appeals and blood need and stuff like that. And there's always a need for blood. Blood is not something that just miraculously happens and we could create it in a lab. It is something that has to be donated by a human for another human. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and it takes a process. You just don't donate blood and then the next day it's at the hospital. It takes a process. It has to make sure it's tested and everything's safe. With that being said, We need people to come in to keep the donation going every day because right now, basically, we have enough blood for one day use. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's why it's constant. And it doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. It does have a shelf life. Like like most products like that, it has a shelf life. But at this point, I guess we're not having to worry about that because it's in such demand. Yes. Yes. So what we need to do is encourage organizations and community uh, organizations, churches like that, to sign up to have these blood drives with the American Red Cross and for folks to actually come out to the donation centers like what we have here on Charlotte Avenue at 2201 Charlotte Avenue and, and donate blood. So you mentioned that we can't make blood. We can't create blood. 
Has there been research to see if we could get blood from other animals like we do organs and tissues and things like that? Well, I'm sure the research has been done. I'm sure they've been doing that research. But honestly, blood is blood. Human blood is human blood. And that's the only thing that we can guarantee. Are there peak times for the need for blood, like on the weekends when there might be more traumas and more things like that? Or is it just constant? It's pretty constant right now, especially with summer travel. Um, so we aren't seeing exactly a peak time or a peak need. Blood's needed all the time, and you never know when you're going to need it. I, I actually have a personal story. My husband had open-heart surgery, and they didn't think he'd need a whole lot of blood, and he ended up going through eight pints of blood wow. post-surgery. And so knowing that, I know the significance from those eight people that donated those pints. Yeah. Had those eight people not stepped forward, gone to the Red Cross blood drive, donated the blood, my husband wouldn't be here. It's that simple. That's part of the reason you fight so hard for it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I believe I believe in helping our community. And as a humanitarian, it, mm-hmm. it, it's something that's super important to me. But knowing full well what it means to a family when that gift of blood donation can keep your husband there to see your kids graduate high school or to see a child get engaged, things like that. It's super important. So, sure. I mean, you're, you're giving the gift of life to one person, but you're giving the gift of memories and hope for the future to a whole family. It's more than just that one person. It's a, that's a very great way to put that. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Sherry McKinney from the American Red Cross. She's the communications director. With the new variant of COVID-19 sweeping through, what are you doing to get ready? Because that's probably going to mean fewer people than ever giving blood. Well, it's funny that you say that because we did see our numbers tick up when people were dealing with the pandemic uh, with COVID, the first go around, so to speak. And that's that's interesting to me. And I think it's because it was the excuse to get out of the house yeah. <laughs> and do something good because you felt you felt empowered to do something good for mm-hmm. people. Whereas when you're sitting in the home, you're kind of, what can I do? What can I do? And you and, had time. And you had time and And honestly, it made you feel great because you were helping others. Yeah, and we needed a lift. Yes. Now, with the Delta variant right now, we we are seeing our numbers tick up, as you know. Um, Of Tennessee is in... Of COVID cases. Of COVID, Delta variant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we are still following CDC guidelines and rules. If you donate blood right now at any of our drives or our center, you're not required to wear a mask when you donate if you have had the vaccine. If you have not, we still we still will require you to wear a mask. I'm feeling anxiety over the fact that only 40 percent of people in Tennessee have received vaccinations and you can't tell who's who. No, you can't just say, oh, I can. And you can't make and you can't require people to wear a tag or something like that. So I'm going to go back to masks personally. I think a lot of people are choosing to do that. And I, I encourage whatever makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. I also encourage, I encourage science. And so if science tells me that I need to wear a mask, I'm going to wear a mask. If science tells me that I should probably get a vaccine, I'm going to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I, I work in humanitarian services. I get called out for deployment to all different areas of the nation at mm-hmm. any given time. I drove an hour to get my vaccine. Yeah. Because it was important to me to not only protect myself, but to protect those that I serve. Yes. And so I, you know, and I, those that you love. What about your husband? Yes, yes. 
I made him drive an hour, too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now, you mentioned going out. The American Red Cross is active everywhere. And there are things that even if the people who are listening are not able to or not going to donate blood, there are ways that they can help because you guys need help in other areas as well. And that's a good point that you make. Um, Donating blood is a great way to volunteer. But we need real volunteers, volunteers with boots on the ground, ready to go to deploy, to help us here, not only in Tennessee, but nationwide uh, responding to disasters. And honestly, there's a volunteer job with American Red Cross for literally everyone, Mm -hmm. including those who perhaps have um, disabilities. Mm -hmm. Anyone can find a volunteer job with American Red Cross. What's Uh, needed here in Tennessee? Well, in Tennessee, I mean, we have people that work every single day in our office as a volunteer. Everything from being a blood donor ambassador, greeting people at the door and and getting their initial information, to people who work in our administrative services, helping us uh, provide the services that we do. Uh, I have communication volunteers. Actually, there's a great need right now. If someone out there is listening to me, and perhaps they've gone into retirement as a communicator, um, as a public relations professional. Mm-hmm. We need you. Wow. We need you. Because trust me, now, now that I've lived here two and a half years, I know for a fact that we have disasters here in Tennessee. And, I, you know, we need people that are ready to come forward and help us deal with media and getting information out mm-hmm. when it's dire. When storms rolled through, tornadoes rolled through, were you personally affected? I'm just curious because I I can imagine the phone ringing and you saying, I'll have to get back with you. My roof has caved in or something. I mean, what do you what do you do? Because you live here and stuff hits you as well. well, probably. Yeah, we had several people with the American Red Cross who did have tornado damage and they still showed up that morning. They reported into headquarters to help others. I mean, they literally had no roof on their house, and they came in to help others. Um, Luckily for us, we were actually in the process of moving that same time. Yeah. And so we're in this house full of boxes and dogs and and my husband. And um, so lucky for us, it was about a mile away from our home where it hit, our old home. And the home we moved into, it was 0.6 miles away. Uh, and and as someone who did not grow up in tornado area, it was the scariest thing I've ever lived through. Oh, wow. So, but I, I have seen a lot. In two and a half years, that's the thing, too, with Red Cross. You're never bored. I'm never bored. Yeah. Best job I've ever had, never bored. And you're never bored if you're a volunteer. You, there's, a, there's something that you can do. And, you know, I have seen hurricane damage. I've seen tornado damage. I've seen flooding damage. Uh, the pandemic was considered a disaster. Mm-hmm. So uh, it really puts into perspective life and what we're here to do for our fellow man. Which is? Which is help. <laughs> it's pretty simple. You know, be there for each other. Help each other. Make the next day better. Mm-hmm. Where is the American Red Cross outside of Tennessee? Uh, there are American Red Cross regions all across the nation. Every state has a region. Mm-hmm. And we are considered the Tennessee region. And there are chapter offices also in those regions. We have eight chapter offices in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every uh, larger city or metropolitan area has a American Red Cross chapter. Not all chapters do blood donation. Um, you can donate. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Nashville chapter has a blood donation center. The Heart of Tennessee chapter in Murfreesboro has a donation center. But all chapters do do blood drives. Oh, OK. 
Okay, so folks can look that up. So when we hear about the wildfires, for example, the American Red Cross is out there, boots yes. on the ground, as you say? Yes, exactly. So uh, from the Western wildfires, this is as of yesterday, over 2,800 meals and snacks had been served by our partners. Yeah. Uh, over 2,800 overnight shelter stays provided with partners. That includes hotel stays because we're still dealing with pandemic times. Whoa. So it's not just congregate sheltering. It's, oh my it's individual ho- yes. hotel rooms. Over 2,600 individual care contacts made. That's people. We have volunteers, too, who are mental health professionals who reach out to folks and see what they need, see how they're doing. They check in on them. So 2,600 cases uh, of that kind of care. So your home just got burned or you're out of your house as they're fighting the fire. What do you need? How are you feeling? Yeah, Things we like have, that. Yes, we have caseworkers who deal with that. What can we do for you? Right. And so volunteers probably needed there, but also can financial contributions help you further that cause financial contributions are always needed a lot of people will call the red cross and say hey i have an old refrigerator or i have a bunch of clothes or i have you know mm-hmm. a bed a furniture can i bring it and donate we do not take physical donations um we refer folks to our partners at salvation army and goodwill for that oh good um but what we take is financial donations because during a disaster that's what folks need yeah, you can't haul a used bed over to no. Oregon. No, and I don't know if you saw some of the video from the Bahamas when they were hit mm-hmm. with the hurricane last year and the a massive amount of stuff that was sent over there. That's the second wave of disasters when stuff just shows up. That, I remember that. Yeah. People that, sent clothes. They sent and everything. and No place to put it. No place to put it. And the American Red Cross financially will use that strategically with the people we serve to make sure that it's not overwhelming to the Mm -hmm. community so that folks have their needs met. Okay, I want you to say that part again, because I want that to sink into people. When a disaster strikes, that has been our tendency to go, well, I've got some old furniture, I've got some clothes I can donate. And you you had a specific name for it that I've never heard. So instead of when a disaster hits, then we create the second wave of a disaster, which is the donation disaster. And that's just the stuff that people just want to turn in and give because we all want to do something good. Mm-hmm. And for some, that may be helpful. But honestly, it, it does create a problem. I mean, even for us here following the tornado mm-hmm. for months, we had water that had been donated that we couldn't give out oh wow yeah so so folks when you're thinking about wanting to help in a disaster think about donating that 10 that 20 hundred thousand dollars don't buy ten dollars worth of water give ten dollars yeah donate the money because that way the 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 resources can be used to provide exactly what folks need yeah if a mom needs diapers for her kid we'll make sure we get her diapers but if you donate diapers, and it's there's not a mom in that area that needs diapers. They're going to sit there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it is the second wave of disaster. Mm. It's the donation disaster. So we do ask folks for financial help. And it's not just during a disaster when it happens like the wildfires right now. It's, it's year-round. That's good to remember because we're like, now I'll give and I'll help them right now. Do you know what the number one disaster is in the nation for, for American Red Cross? No. The number one disaster we serve. 
No. Every single day, home fires. Every day. Whoa. Every day. That's why the financial support is so important, because you never know when your neighbor is going to need that. Because when a fire hits a home and devastates a family that way, they have nothing. They have nothing. And they're not worried about having enough T-shirts at that point. Yeah. They're worried about having the means to find a new place. Food and shelter. Right. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. uh, A friend of mine, their home just burned recently. And some other friends got together and held a fundraiser and gave them the cash. Right. Instead of gave them new household appliances and they have nowhere to put it. No way to right. buy a new home. Right. No way to buy a place to stay. Right. And I mean, home fire really is our number one concern. And I am very proud to say that Tennessee um, recently uncovered six lives saved from our home fire campaign down in Memphis, uh, an entire family. Mm-hmm. Uh, our home fire campaign um, was set up in 2014 where folks could volunteer their time to go to their neighbor's homes, look at their neighbor's homes, make sure they had adequate smoke detectors in the home, make sure they understood an escape plan mm-hmm. for their specific home and and install those smoke detectors as needed. Yeah. Free of charge. Oh, wow. So we've been doing that since 2014. Nationwide, we have saved more than 916 lives. Woo! And, you know, our most recent discovery of doing that is out of Memphis. So we're super proud of the fact that we've been able to save those lives. How did you know? You say your recent discovery. How did you discover? Because, as you might imagine, thousands of smoke detectors are installed. So whenever we find someone who has been through our home fire campaign training, we do dig deep because we don't want to just claim a number. Yeah. (laughs) And so when we were when this case was reported to us, um, our national headquarters went and looked into it. And sure enough, let us let us vet it. Wait, this is one that the American Red Cross had somebody. We did. We did installs. And the beauty of this is, is this woman in Memphis who saved her friends and family, six people in her family, to get out of her house during a home fire because of help from volunteers with American Red Cross. Yeah. Okay. Called the Red Cross again and had them install smoke detectors in her new place. Oh, good. So. And she was lucky enough, the volunteer who actually installed it the first time was the same one that came the second time. So just know that if you have a need for smoke detectors or you want to protect your family and have that peace of mind that you have a plan, reach out to the Red Cross. We have volunteers that do this daily. This isn't just during a spring campaign or a fall campaign. It's daily. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're spotlighting the American Red Cross, all they do and all that you can do to help. And our guest is Sherry McKinney, the communications director. What else do we need to know about that the Red Cross is doing that we can help or that we can get help through? Because I like the smoke detector information. Yes. Well, you know, besides disaster and besides blood, we also have service to armed forces. What a lot of people don't realize, unless you're military, you may not realize that we have serviced armed forces. No, I did not. Serviced armed forces uh, provide support for military men, women, and their families. We are the ones that if a serviceman or woman is overseas and someone in their family gets sick and is in the hospital, we bring them home. Oh. Um, we're there to provide uh, services post 
service, mm-hmm. post-war. Mm-hmm. We were born on a battlefield. We will always serve our military men and women that way mm-hmm. and provide help and assistance any way that we can for them. Uh, we support in VA hospitals. We support on like at Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. So um, there's service armed forces. We also have international services, which provide much needed help internationally because our neighbor isn't just our neighbor next door. Our neighbor may be our neighbor in Conga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we provide a lot of vaccine assistance across the international services. Wow. We have training services which we are in person now. We weren't in person there for a while where you can learn how to save a life. You can learn CPR and how to use AED. Uh, You can... That's the defibrillators? Yes. Um, You can learn how to do hands-only CPR, which in light of COVID may be the best thing you'd want to do. Yeah. But, you know, you can learn that easily. We have training service folks and volunteers who will come to your organization and teach that. And it takes maybe 15 minutes to learn how to do that. See, I like that because I remember reading about a course years ago and they said, well, come to your place of business and it'll be an hour and then we'll break for lunch and it's another hour. And I thought, how is that going to work? How is that practical? In today's world. And so 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Just call the Red Cross or go to redcross.org and find out more about our training services. Also, if your child is thinking about becoming a babysitter, you know, make sure they go through our babysitting course for safety. We have swim classes taught through training, aquatics, lifeguarding, you name it. Um, Red Cross is, is really there for just about everything in life, truthfully. Doesn't the Red Cross also give those courses for uh, educators? Yes, yes. So the educators are ready to take care of your kids in exactly. school? Yes, yes. Okay. Anyone, anyone can go through our training courses. I will tell you, though, if you become a volunteer of American Red Cross, we train you for free. We don't just send people out willy-nilly to no. disasters. Here's you know? a badge, go. Here's a badge, here's your red vest. Godspeed. No, it's it's we do put you through a lot of intensive training on how to handle a crisis and how to speak to people, how to speak to people, how to handle a case, Mm -hmm. knowledge on how to shelter folks. I mean, sheltering is not something that just comes naturally. It just doesn't. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of services available. There's a lot of need for volunteers. There's a huge need for volunteers in rural counties of Tennessee. We have some counties that have one person who's a volunteer. And that one person is the one that's getting the call at 2 o'clock in the morning when there's a house fire in that county. Oh, That's a lot for one person to deal with. Right. We have one gentleman in Sumner County who has volunteered. He actually received a volunteer award this year. 2,000 hours last year Oh my! he gosh. put in. He's the one person. So we need more people to volunteer all across the state of Tennessee. We need those people to step up and say, hey, I'm willing to help my neighbor. Hey, I've got a couple hours a week. I'd love to do this for mm-hmm. you. How can I help? That, that's the question that Tennesseans need to ask. How can I help my local Red Cross? And if you want to find out how to help, go to redcross.org mm-hmm. or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Or if you'd like to donate blood, you can find out more at redcrossblood.org. Well, Sherry, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sherry McKinney is the communications director for the American Red Cross, the Tennessee region. If you want more information, we're going to share all those links she mentioned on our Focus Facebook page. Please make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus. Focus.